It is time to reset the world. For we are Logan and Space Cat here with Anime Chat. That's not how it's supposed to go. Are we in JoJo's? No. Reset the, the world, though. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> this world can use resetting. Sure. And uh, with the help of individual love and maybe that can happen. Uh, you think so? No they're, no, they're pretty hopeless. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, my show. Yours. It's more of a continuation of my last one. Yeah. Since it's just the second season of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Uh-huh. Uh, where, uh, yeah, watch 26 more episodes of Ghost in the Shell from... 16 years ago. <laughs> it's still relevant in some ways now. Yeah. yeah. Probably not how they intended, but uh, yeah. It feels very prescient. Yeah. The world never changes. I think Politicians the, are scum. That's, that's the best le- lesson to learn from Ghost in the Shell. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Human nature will never change. Will never change. Yeah. So we just need to kind of work through it. I don't want to work. <laughs> That's an option too. Perfect. Just be, just be passengers along for the ride. Yeah. I'm willing to watch. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. Sure. Yeah. It was a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend listening to the first season one first. Yeah. We don't talk as much about like individual characters or anything. Sure, and cover that things. all. Yeah. Cover that all the. Previous episode, so please yeah. listen to that one for this one. Without further ado, here we go. Thanks for listening. future we won't need those you'll just get the message pop up on your eye damn vibration sounds like a techno uh <laughs> or like you know synth album name i might listen to that <laughs> out of curiosity uh-huh so yeah it's a bit of a journey that we took but we got through the second season of uh, ghost in the shell relatively quickly yeah not as fast as we got through the first season yeah i think we had to take a week off for well no it was because uh when we did the first season, we watched in actually like eight and nine episode chunks. Yeah. So we were actually done with it in three weeks. Yeah. I think I broke this one up to slightly smaller chunks. Yeah. We did like six or seven episode chunks. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure we stopped at like episode 12 at one point. Mm-hmm. So it made sense to do like six, 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 something like that. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. So we 
finished up the Ghost Shell Standalone Complex second gig, or Get Sack 2G, the second season, which aired only about, I think it aired three months after the end of the first season. So they made these 52 episodes. It's the same crew, same team. I think second season, you know, it, in appearance-wise, it's maybe like slightly better on par somewhere in there. I would say it's on par. I, yeah, I, it, it looks com- it looked completely the same to me. Anyways. Yeah, I it's still some of the best CG work I've seen from that era. Sure, easily. Sure, uh, whoever they had on that uh, CG team with all the uh, vehicles, I think they are all blended pretty well. I, mean, I remember you said you didn't even re- realize that Tatsukomas were CG the first season. Oh yeah, there was something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one uh, covers a bit of a different ground. It takes place two years after the Laughing Man incident and the dissolution of Section Nine. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all back together again. Uh, actually, kind of starts off with them kind of waiting for they're they're all together and they're kind of waiting for the go ahead to reform because they're all kind of unofficially working and kind of just waiting for permission from the new prime minister. Uh huh. Which is, it's actually it's a pretty cool first episode, I think, of them breaking into the the team. Uh, kind of like the first season starts off with a a job, sure. Basically, it's just kind of interesting, like the, the kind of the parallel between that and where the season ends, like the last scene mm. that we get in second gig, uh, the soccer party where they're oh yeah waiting yeah. I mean, it's what happens when you're uh, specialized special forces and you're kind of. Yeah, a little extra legal in some ways. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're the ones that have to take care of the the big bads, mm-hmm. which some, is often just the government. It usually is. Uh, so it does kind of set up that this this is called the uh, Individual Eleven arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another version of a standalone complex uh, they establish. Mm-hmm. Where in the Laughing Man, uh, it's the basically the debate is is it are they copycats or is it simultaneous realization of uh, the same ideas sure and the individual 11 is kind of along the same lines where they're starting to see these this terrorist group called individual 11 popping up but there's not a whole lot of connections immediately between Mm -hmm. the actors themselves and this kind of blows up into more of a much more in geopolitics than laughing man well laughing man was largely technology based Mm -hmm. there's a lot more here so geopolitics wise because we're dealing with asia the american empire there's the the big thing is the whole refugees from the war because at this point there's been four world wars which didn't get mentioned too much in the first season i want to say at least one of them was but it's still kind of vague yeah for us what happened yeah i don't know i don't think i could tell you what world war three or world war four were i remember one of them was not nuclear they said but one was which led to the japanese miracle, miracle. which sure. is a kind of a radiation scrubbing technology yeah micro machines micro machines that it's okay so it's been a while since i've seen season two I think I've only seen all the way through once, uh-huh. though I have handpicked watched some episodes here and there, one in particular. Sure. So my memories of the overarching story were kind of vague. Okay. I will say that uh, I, as a whole, I didn't like it as much as I thought I did originally. Okay. Because I think, I think it is just that kind of feeling that. I'm trying to keep up. 
with what the characters are talking about in terms of what's going on. And I just kind of feel like I'm like 90% of the way there and I'm never quite caught up. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like I'm constantly working to keep up. And I, I don't know, maybe I thought that I'd do a better job now that I'm older and wiser. But um, no, sadly. <laughs> what are some of your thoughts on this season? Um, definitely a downgrade for me. Um, overall, what I really enjoyed about the first season was kind of the thought experiment of, you know, what an AI is and like how the mind of all these people who are, you know, connected in some way work Mm -hmm. like the, the standalone complex kind of, you know, working into that. And it was just, it was, it was interesting to kind of like just see the technology that they have and just how it affects the people how it affects the people the population and stuff like that and i think they do do some of that and with the individual 11 and all of all of that in second gig but i just really struggled with the overall heavy-handed government theme that they Mm -hmm. were going with there's way too much politics uh, for my liking. Right. Because the first season, like, ar- it's arguable that the kind of bad guy isn't really the laughing man. Yeah. It's the people on the inside. Uh-huh. But that's not really brought to focus till the end. Sure. Uh, even though it's highly suspected throughout. Yeah, yeah. But here it's just like, there's just, it's such open antagonism kind of between Aramaki, Section 9, and... Every other government figure. Pretty much every government figure. <laughs> Wisely so, there should be, because this is a unit that was disbanded two years prior, but it is now a new cabinet. I think there's only one carryover guy mm-hmm. who's like the defense Something or the like in- interior. Yeah. He's a very old looking kind of toady guy. Yeah, toady guy. That's a good I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like the one carryover, though at least like the prime minister seems, I mean, she's uh, definitely willing to work with Aramaki. Yet still kind of keeps him on a very tight leash yeah. compared to the last guy who was kind of barely visible most of the time, but yeah. came off as a real scumbag. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad he's gone. Uh, I mean, I'm not sad to see him go. Yeah, I, I like the new prime minister, mm-hmm. though she is kind of she's a puppet. She, yeah, like a wet blanket for most of the show. Like, mm-hmm. like she's she, she doesn't find, yeah. know exactly what. She's highly inexperienced, and she's trying to do what she thinks is right. Sure. And struggling, because it's hard to do when dealing with the refugees, terrorists, trying to balance the interests of, like, the Americans, the Chinese, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the The other world powers. Infighting in the Japanese government. Yeah. So it's like I needed a scorecard, and I I kind of struggled to remember, like, who's on whose side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to keep track of. Mm-hmm. That was one thing, though, that I didn't really think about till right now, was that the first season ends with Serrano and the Prime Minister getting killed. And that the never... Prime Minister wasn't killed. Prime Minister was killed. And the, the explosion, the car explosion at the very end of the season. Okay, yeah, at the very, very end. Very, very end. What happened to that? We never find yeah. out. I wonder if he is 
somebody, but it's yeah, I, I can't I can't say. Sure. I thought he was kind of familiar. I think what I remember most from season two was a lot of the kind of solo episodes. I know it's kind of more of my thing than yours. Sure. Like my favorite episodes from the first season were all these kind of one-off episodes in the middle of the season Uh that I think really inform a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, But like this season had a number of really good ones. There was a Cash Eye, which is episode three, which was when Matoko basically played as a cat burglar and infiltrated. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like that one's pretty cool. They're all kind of an inside job to basically... uh, basically frame well i guess not frame but bring to light this kind of really scummy businessmen and their sexual kinks with (laughs) robots yeah (laughs) that uh i don't know feels kind of like what was his name like the island that uh was epstein (laughs) what um are we talking real life now yeah the real life i have no idea no just yeah, Epstein's Island reminded me of something like that, where you just have a bunch of rich people getting together. and. Maybe, I believe that that's a thing. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. surprise me. Of course, this anime came out in 2004. So. <laughs> Ahead of its time. Because there's was, was another really good one called Affection, mm-hmm. which was kind of our first real look at Motoko's backstory. backstory. Yeah. It doesn't outright say it, but it's easily deduced oh yeah like if, if you don't pick up on it you're just really not paying attention uh-huh. yeah um, that episode ends up being pretty important ultimately but i mm-hmm. think it's a really cool look at what the process of full cyborg cy- cyberization mm-hmm. what that's like sure and the struggles and the what you have to deal with especially as a kid which, yeah yeah it's pretty i think that's a pretty responsible look at how yeah. those kind of things happen. It's I, I it's like I wonder if they put like Motoko when she was young and she mm-hmm. needed a new cyborg body into a child sized cyborg body instead of like a an adult one. If it's like purely psychological or if there is some reason you can't do that. Like, I think it'd probably be psychological, especially if you're young, to try and like not change your appearance too much yeah like how important is you being small small to your development as a person yeah i i wonder that's the kind of stuff i wish they explore yeah like instead of this government bullshit <laughs> yeah i know it's like i want more of like the diving into developing this technology stuff because uh-huh. uh, it's a cool idea and i think yeah, if you had like two characters where one as a kid, like they both put in cyborgs as like, bodies as a kid, one goes into body much like their own, and one into like a totally different body. Yeah. Like as different as possible. Uh-huh. And, like what that does to you mentally. It's I'm gonna, sure it's gonna have some impact. Sure. It's, I, but we'll never know. We'll never know. We can just make it up wrong. Hey, do you want to get into a cyborg body experiments? Sure. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. Anybody you want. <laughs> there's like, there's a really cool episode called Poker Face that's all about Saito. Because we never really got much about Saito in yeah. the first season. That was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, because it's like a total flashback. Like, I think it's one of the few that almost the entirety of it takes place years earlier. 
Uh-huh. Because it is it does start off with Saito playing poker with a bunch of the new recruits from mm-hmm. section nine and the touch comas and him basically just telling stories and then it kind of leads into him talking about basically how Saito like keeps his cool in tough situations. Yeah. And yeah, we get some actual history from a previous war. Like, yeah, that's I don't know, I think that's really cool. Uh-huh. We also got one where the major went to Taiwan. I I, I laughed uh, at this one. I think was it you or Phil kind of called out what drug they were transporting like really early on. Oh, been, was it cocaine? Or, yeah, the cocaine. I, uh, was it you I or think Phil? it was me. Was it you? I don't know. It like, could have been Phil. Still, like the animals. Because I think that's like a plot probably used somewhere else before. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know. It's like this, it's such a weird uh story but i mean when you're like in the slum city and kids are hawking around (laughs) different things it can usually it's usually one thing yeah it's drugs yeah but i I think the kid was was pretty fun and gutsy and and just seeing the major deal with kids is kind of rare Uh uh-huh you don't get to see her handle at all like yeah hardly at all so getting to see that was really nice and i think one of my very favorites was uh probably it might yeah, that's a tough one. It it's definitely like a top five ghostville episode for me is a uh, transparent about uh Bato and the major were called into Berlin to look for uh this specific terrorist called Angel Feathers. And basically they called in like all these agents from around the world yeah. to try and find this guy who's making who they think is gonna make a stop there. And I think it's just beautifully shot and animated yeah. and done. It was a great episode, yeah. Very, uh, I think it's way more, I think it's one of the better, like, aesthetic episodes. Because we get, like, a lot of really cool optic camouflage shots. There's a lot of, like, glass and Mm -hmm. light reflections and a lot of just kind of calm moments in there. Yeah. It's very kind of low-key. Snowing. There's yeah. a, a, dar, a dog barking at uh, <laughs> Bato because the dog can sense him even though he's optically camouflaged. That's great. Yeah. Bato just kind of like being tired. <laughs> it's <laughs> classic Bato way. But my very favorite episode. Uh-huh. An episode I've probably seen, geez, six to eight times on its own. I don't even know why it resonates so much with me but it's the second episode of season two called night cruise where it's the i'm pretty sure it's the only episode of ghost in the shell that's narrated by a non-main character like yeah the episodes are really narrated at all at all so to get this whole episode basically in the mind of this character who is a suspected he could be involved in some plot they're kind of looking into seeing if he's related to the yeah the various terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they're ultimately doing, and they're kind of like diving into his dreams, his memories, his thoughts, and we're kind of seeing that. And it's a we watch this dubbed, and like the rest of the dub, it's really good. And uh, Liam O'Brien voices this character Gino, and he just man. If there's a voice performance in an English dub for an anime, like I, I love this particular performance for this one-off character. Sure. Uh, and his kind of, like he's a kind of a cons- 
semi-conspiracy theorist. He's talking about, like, the war and the wars, all these kind of, in a weird way, like, resonating some of the laughing man about like, all these fakers mm-hmm. who are, you know, just kind of out there pretending and thinking they're hot stuff. But never doing never anything. doing anything. And the ultimate reveal at the end is just so satisfying. <laughs> uh, then as the episode goes on, we kind of see more and more of his hypocrisy because like he doesn't recognize it from the outside. It's plainly, painfully obvious, um, his issues. And it's, it's, it's so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could love this episode more. Uh, I showed it to Phil just out of the blue like a year ago. Yeah. Just because it's like, I think you'd appreciate this episode, Phil. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do you have like some favorite episodes? Uh, the Saito one I liked a lot. Uh, the affection one where we get a look at uh, Motoko's past. Those are kind of the big ones that stand out to me. I think some of the early stuff surrounding uh, Gota yeah. is fairly interesting. Gota is just an interesting character. Yeah. I think. We'll get into them in a bit. Yeah. But other than that, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's some interesting scenes every now and then. I think the end of episode 12. 12? Yeah, 12 was pretty interesting. Uh, or the uh, individual, individual 11 kind of a... <laughs> Announce themselves. Yeah. I think also a shout out to the conversation between Goda and Bato on the roof later on. Yeah, that was really good. It's like where Bato is trying to do what the major does. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I think he does a really good job of kind of breaking him down. Yeah. And really parsing out, I think, what makes Goda a fascinating character. An, an awful, awful person. Awful person. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that that was a really cool way of kind of reframing everything. Sure. Because it was kind of like they're leading into the final events. So to get this kind of reframing of basically our antagonist was really nice to kind of summarize everything that he went through that he's been doing Mm -hmm. without Bato ever actually accusing him of it. Yeah. (laughs) Like kind of always stepping around. Like, I'm not saying you're doing this, but (laughs) what if? Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. there's some really good stuff in there. Basically, whenever this, basically whenever it's not political, yeah, uh, geopolitical, uh, I think it's when it really shines. Mm-hmm. So yeah, goes to those. So how about Godo? Godo? Goda? Goda? Goda cheese? <laughs> no. <laughs> His face looks like it went through a cheese grater. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> the prettiest character in the show, that's for sure. It's like they've got pretty good technology and surgery to fix that. Yeah, but it's a tool for him. Yeah. Uh, do we ever find out like what happened to him? I think early on they said it was like some kind of accident. Okay. Car crash or something. Yeah. But I think if I understand correctly, it's like he was a kind of a nerd who I don't remember exactly what he helped develop. I think he was a part of developing the, the Japanese China, miracle, yeah. mm-hmm. but his name, for whatever reason, was like never really tied to it. Yeah, so he never really gained the fame that he felt like he deserved. And it seems like he's got this weird chip on his shoulder about being known, yeah. and being a hero. Like he's mm-hmm. got this hero complex, and 
like I, I appreciate his plan. I mean, he's a guy who who just thinks he's smarter than everyone out there uh-huh. all the time. Cocky as hell. <laughs> but simultaneously tries to be kind of polite some like he doesn't like he's a dick, but I don't think he's trying to make enemies. Uh yeah. But he's also like he's just hyper cocky too. It's yeah. He's there's a lot going on there. Sure. With him. But uh yeah, he's a part of the CIS, which is kinda like their CIA. Okay. I can tell. He's intelligence. Sure. And I mean he's working kind of both sides, we find out where he's I don't want to get into too much spoilers, but it's He's kind I mean, of, as soon as you see him, it's like you called out. It's like he's a bad guy. Yeah, like this guy can clearly not be anything but the bad guy of this arc. Yeah. Whereas, like, like I don't want to profile, yeah, but like, if you're gonna make a bad guy, <laughs> yeah, this is what he would look like. Whereas, I think in the Laughing Man, like, there was never a moment where you're like, oh, he's the villain. Yeah. There's a really awesome, like, I think I don't know. This kind of makes me appreciate the first season more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weirdly, because it's like, I think that's a, that's a more interesting story to tell than uh, the refugee story here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the refugee story is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. but they... Like, it feels relevant. Sure. But it's just, it's how they they use it. Mm-hmm. it the refugees are nothing but a tool for political maneuvering which isn't untrue sure (laughs) sure but when half of the show is about someone trying to make significant change for the refugees Mm -hmm. i don't know like the the focus never really felt like it was focused enough on what the refugees were trying to accomplish it was all about what everyone else could use the refugees for right you think you wanted more kuze yeah i i would have liked more kuze yeah i think kuze is a fascinating character yeah but he does get a little i feel like his time to explain himself happens a little too little too late yeah sadly like we can kind of you can kind of pick up along the way of a lot of his character Mm-hmm. But it feels like, yeah, like I sure wish we got like one, like maybe like one full episode where it's like his perspective. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like what we got with Gino. It'd been really cool if we got like a Kuze episode like that. Mm-hmm. Or, because we get one where we get an episode where they're talking about his past. Yeah. About his time in the military and what happened at like a but it's camp. it's not through his to. eyes. But it's not through his eyes because it's kind of, it's through a report. So yeah. all we know is. Well, like this is what he, he abandoned his duty, or this is what the stories say. Mm-hmm. He did this and this, and then he kind of went AWOL, and other stuff happened. But it'd been really nice to kind of later on to get like a nice Kuze episode to kind of reframe him before the final events. And I feel like the the way that they structured the story in, in the end mm-hmm. didn't allow for meaningful payoff for his kind of connection to Motoko. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't satisfying. Yeah. It's like they kind of realize it about each other. Yeah. At the end. But I don't know if it's just, they don't really, have, the 
situation they're in, they don't really have, they don't have the time. time to really process yeah. what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And then, well, you know, spoilers, but he just dies because the government decides he needs to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. They really could have used the laughing man on their team. They really could have used the laughing man on their team. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> if only. If only. I don't have as many questions for this one as the first one, because that was when we did the first podcast was your introduction to the series. Sure. And this is just a continuation. Um, some things that I'll say then, I don't like what they did with Togus's character uh, in this season. Uh, though I do like, I did like parts of the episode where he... Oh, the lawyer? The lawyer thing. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting and fun. But after that and after the one episode where he goes and like discovers the the plot for the... The plutonium. The plutonium stuff. He just disappears. Yeah. The entire second half of that show. Yeah. Because he's just like Aramaki has n- like nothing to do the entire show because... He's chained to the uh, Prime Minister. Uh, the second half of the show, Togusa is basically the same. Yeah, because you can argue Togusa is the main character of the first season. Yeah. Because he's sure. the one solving the case. Yeah. Yeah, the individual, or uh, not the individual 11, the uh, Laughing Man was his thing. Well, individual 11, it was kind of more of a team effort. Like yeah. maybe leaning a little more towards. I don't know, Bato? Bato? But kind of, but even then it's, it's not, not really... No, because it, what it is is it's Motoko kind of, you know, discovering some things about Kuze and, like, her kind of Internal. failing. Like, yeah, yeah, like, she can't process what she knows now. Yeah. Um, and Bato's, like, trying to cover for her, but he can't do that, really. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of frustration. And plus, it's like you said, like, there's also this Aramaki. Yeah. Like, he doesn't get an episode. Barely anything, yeah. Yeah, so we don't get, like, some of the really cool Aramaki stuff that we saw previously, too. Mm-hmm. And still no Bulma episode. Bulma. Still, yeah. Yeah. We got, like, a pause episode, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that was, that was kind of weird one. For some reason in my memory, I could have swore Pazu dies this season. Oh, really? I don't know oh. if I was just thinking of that episode. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> A, Pazu dies... Probably the right one. Who could say? Who could say, but even then, like we didn't get a lot about what Pazu's past was. He no. just seems like a yakuza womanizer guy who, you know, he probably got hired on to Section Nine because he's from that world and has connections in that world, and you know that's more connections for for uh, Section Nine to work with, more angles from the work with. But yeah, he also kind of gets relegated to. I mean, that's kind of what the secondary cast is in Section 9, sadly. They don't get as much attention. Yeah. Also a lot less... Uh, Ishikawa? Ishikawa, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he kind of... Uh, There's not as much, like, hacking and tech stuff to do. So no, because like, it's all focused on government yeah, It's like he's movement. information gathering, but, like, you can only see so much information gathering. Yeah. There was no, yeah, no deep diving into mines except for Motoko going into Kuze's. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Bulma wasn't... He did get infected by the... The individual, individual 11. Sure. That they kind of work through, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not enough for that. I will say, I think... 
some of the Tachikoma stuff this season was better. Mm-hmm. I like their conclusion as a character. Oh, uh, what about um, their caretaker? Oh, um, he had like a really kind of simple name. Let me see. Characters, characters. There's got to be like a million characters. <laughs> it's like I would, I would recognize the name if I saw it. Uh, specialists, field agents. Proto. Proto, that was it. Yes. Proto. It's a great name. Yeah. Yeah, he's now like he's proto-human? a... Proto-human? Yeah, well, he was a... He's like a biological cyborg. cyborg yeah. Yeah. It's like when that was revealed, like, oh, that's cool. That is interesting. But he he has like this... Because uh, he just kind of... He came out of nowhere. He came yeah. out of nowhere. But that's okay. Because he was kind of in that first episode where we learned more about the Tachikoma and their kind of their cyber get-togethers uh-huh yeah kind of establishing that uh-huh it's like yeah i mean that's, that's pretty cool just more i mean i've always liked the tachikoma mm-hmm. and uh i think they get a i think they they do get good arcs in both seasons the tachikoma yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're uh their heroism in this season <laughs> was uh on a much more grand scale yeah which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Good song too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still, I hated every single post-credit scene. <laughs> there was not a single one that I liked. Oh, the uh, Tachikoma Theater. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, they amuse me on some levels. <laughs> but sure. there's a few that were like clear JoJo references. <laughs> yes, I really liked because it was like 2004 and making JoJo's references because everything's a JoJo's reference. Reset yeah. the world, Logan. Uh-huh. Reset the world, indeed. Yeah, please. <laughs> the state of the world is uh, worrying right now. I mean, that's kind of the whole theme, in a way, of this season. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. bunch of actors trying to make things go their way, start over. And the incredibly frustrating thing is that, in the end, nothing changes. Other than the prime minister, minister getting the enemy of the Americans. Well, good. <laughs> Fuck the Americans. Yeah, but if that puts them on Asia's side, not necessarily a good thing either. Well, but she also, I, I I think there was like a line where she kind of like, she's not favoring anyone. Like she's standing up to China as well, mm-hmm. and whoever else, Russia or whatever. Like they're yeah. all equal on equal footing now. Yeah, but. Yeah, the refugee crisis still right where it was when it started. And uh, yeah, it's hard to imagine things dying down after all that. No, I mean, what's going to change? They lost their leader. Yeah, but they're still barricaded on that island. Yeah, it's just a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. A lot of bad decisions. Yeah, I don't know. Left a lot to be desired in the end for me. Yep. Though... You know, spoiler for this. I was happy that Gota got just <laughs> eviscerated by Motoko. It's probably one of my favorite kills in anime. Yeah, it's pretty visceral. <laughs> pretty great. It's like his head just kind of like pops three different times. Yeah, it's uh, it's like it's almost like surprisingly violent. Yeah, with the situation things were in, you just kind of assume it's going to get out. Based off the first season, sure. Where everyone just kind of walk, a lot of people just kind of walk away. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
and just kind of out of nowhere um yeah extreme violence against the one person that everyone watching the show just wants dead yeah and everyone in section nine wants dead perfect and they make that happen and it's just like if you're gonna cheer at any moment but they cut that like that moment of triumph short because Kuze is getting poisoned by micro machines at the exact same time. Yeah, by the government. Just... It's just like he won't even let me have this one victory. Yeah, I, I can't even celebrate those. Too close to each other. Yeah, separate them by like an episode if you're going to do that. Or well, it was all the last episode. I know, so it's like you can't do that. Yeah. And what if that was? What if that's where they put the Kuze episode? They finish up everything uh-huh and then the kuze episode is like him now in custody working through everything he'd been through yeah thinking back thinking back to... that should have been interesting sure and like like maybe let him like and the major have a conversation <laughs> i know it's not in rubble <laughs> on equal footing yeah that would been great yeah yes it is what it is sure so you score it or yeah. Anything else you want to? Uh, I was just trying to think of like I had a favorite character from this season. Not really. Mm-hmm. No one really stood out to me. I mean, Bato's pretty cool. But he's always pretty cool. But he's always pretty cool. He likes dogs. They just don't like him. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like him when he looks like someone else. Yeah, or invisible. Um. Yeah, we can give it a score. Uh, like for me, I think I I gave the the first season for me is like a four and a half. I'd probably give this a four. Just like the weaker... There's like more connective tissue throughout the season mm-hmm. uh, than the first season. Because even a lot of the solo episodes are pretty intrinsically tied to Individual Eleven on some level. Yeah. A lot of them are. Uh, while in the first season, there's a lot that literally have nothing to do with Laughing Man or standalone complexes or anything. Yeah. Like this one has more connective tissue, but I feel like... Um, my lack of ability to keep track of who's who, who's doing what, who's on what side, who's working for who. This kind of makes it, I don't know, more of an effort than I want to yeah. put in. Like, this, it, it feels like it would require me to Let's break out the whiteboard. Like, and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a whiteboard. And chart things as we go. Yeah. To try and keep up, you know, maybe that's kind of that. But yeah, this would be like a four and a five. Four out of five for me. Um, probably, a, I think it's a lower score than I initially gave it, but again, sometimes that, was years that happens. Ago. Yeah. It was years ago when I watched it, I haven't watched it since. Sometimes you watch a show and you're like, eh, it wasn't as good as I remembered. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, that's better than I remembered. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, yeah, that's like I remember. Yeah. Um, I think I gave the first season a four out of five. I'm going to give this one a three out of five. Just. Yeah. It's kind of, it's fine. Yeah. Some good action, some good moments, but did nothing to, uh... Those are like 24 episodes, or 26. 26, yeah. Yeah. I can, I I, I totally get it. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, sticking through it. Absolutely, no, yeah. I, I was, you know, hoping for, if the ending was better, I'd would probably be way higher on it but yeah it just it kind of bungled the ending somehow me. needs like another episode yeah it's like it's like a wrap-up in some way uh-huh. like i feel like the first season had like a decent wrap-up episode uh-huh yeah where our goes and talks to 
I can't remember his name. The Laughing Man, for mm-hmm. the lack of remembering what his actual name was. Right. Because he wasn't actually the Laughing Man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I appreciated that kind of a thing. But yeah, there's no, there's no decompression time. It just kind of ended. Yeah. I was really shocked. Like, wait, that's how it ends? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember. There is a sequel movie that I just didn't realize was a sequel movie. Maybe we'll watch it sometime. Yeah. But uh figure we'll just do that on our own time whenever we feel like it. Sure. It's probably like 90 minutes or whatever anyway. <laughs> we'll find time. Yeah. Because I'd be curious if that answers any questions or if it's just another totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, who could say? Who could say? Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this one, unless you got anything else. Nothing. Um, no. Okay. If you would like to uh, get a hold of us and let us know what you thought of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex second gig, uh, you can find us on our various social medias. We're on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. We are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com and our website is animearcade.net where you can find our anime chats, um, our periodical other podcasts now. Um, We should have some uh, group watch reviews going up soonish if they're not up already. Um, And of course, we also have the Idle Hour podcast that you can go check out if you're interested in the idle industry. And there's a lot going on in that industry right now. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that'll do it for this one. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
even just breaking down the name individual 11 is just kind of funny to me it's like yeah we are all our own individuals we all think the same nani yeah it's pretty weird concept it's that weird group think thing can't be individual if you're other people too okay i think i'm ready okay